Ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome you to ISSCSG Forward, the podcast series dedicated to sustainable and responsible investment brought to you by ISSCSG. In each episode, we explore the latest trends and developments that are shaping the ESG landscape, and I'm your host, Jean-Charles Guillemin. I'm pleased to be joined today by Bonnie Sene, who is Managing Director and Global Head of ESG Investor Research at ISSCSG. Bonnie, welcome and thank you for joining this episode. Thank you so much, Jean-Charles. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Before, before talking about the latest release of your Global Outlook report, let me start by asking how your background as a global responsible investment and advocacy leader has actually shaped the way ESG research is conducted at ISSCSG. Having been a part of an institutional investor and having the opportunity to really build a grassroots effort around a um, very strong sustainability program, I think one of the most important things was understanding how investors could harness research and information to make actionable investment decisions. And as a result, ISS ESG really does focus on actionable insights that are useful uh, in the immediate future. Uh, so we really align our research to the institutional investor client, their timeframes, their horizons, uh, their risk appetites. And that's a very important, I think, distinction in terms of how we've really wanted to craft our ISS ESG research effort. In addition to that, ISS ESG supports the investment community, which has the power to generate positive impacts uh, through sustainable investments, investment strategies. Thank you. And, and as mentioned earlier, ISS ESG just released the global edition of its annual outlook, uh, a report called Actionable Insight Top ESG Themes in 2023. C could you please Tell us more about the actual significance of this report for ESG investors and, and also how the economic value added framework, EVA, can help investors navigating 2023. Absolutely. So really, by providing visibility of major trends shaping the global economy in 2023, this report essentially gives ESG investors a sense of what to expect from a risk and an opportunity perspective. So just as inflation volatility has been high over the course of the last year in 2022, growth volatility is likely to be high in 2023. So as we embark on um, the next several months of this year, the likelihood that growth and value could once again see large swings over the full year due to growth volatility means, means stock picking will be um, ever more important. And in such a context, really combining EVA, Um, ISS ESG's uh, proprietary valuation tool um, and linking that to ESG performance scores can be a relevant way to identify undervalued and overvalued investment opportunities. Investors, uh, as we state in our report, really can use the ISS ESGF, and we, we don't just call it ESG, we, we specifically emphasize ESGF for financial materiality rating um, to help create a more comprehensive approach to investing. Okay. Okay. And, and, and maybe looking back at 2022, the most destabilizing event of the year was certainly the invasion of Ukraine by Russia and its numerous consequences, human, social, economic, geopolitical, energy related, military, and so on. Maybe looking ahead to 2023, what can investors expect? 
Well, let, let me quote um, from directly from our report, right? Unless Russia ceases its invasion of Ukraine and reaches a settlement, 2023 is likely to see additional and increasingly severe sanctions imposed on the country by the EU, the US, and others. Um, these sanctions imposed on Russia have resulted in a wave of institutional investors divesting their holdings in Russian companies and sovereign debt or pledging to do so. And because many Russian financial institutions have either been banned from SWIFT, banned from SWIFT or have themselves been sanctioned or both, conducting any financial transactions with them, including for the purposes of divestment from other holdings, um, will continue to be problematic. So I think really in summary, uh, Jean-Charles, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the resulting economic sanctions on Russia are an ongoing crisis that will continue to influence the global economy in 2023. The Russia-Ukraine war has disrupted the global energy markets and has drawn attention to the risks around energy security. There is what I would call, really in many ways, the certainty of uncertainty. So Russia's invasion of Ukraine is likely to remain a destabilizing force that will continue to shape the ESG investing landscape through the course of this year. And again, the economic sanctions on Russia are expected to persist sort of short of cessation um, of the hostilities and reaching any sort of settlement. And, and maybe regarding some other disruptions, like the disruptions of the global energy market, which happened last year. That's, I appreciate it's another topic covered in the report. Uh, and the ongoing effort to achieve net zero carbon in energy production, what do you think might be required there to, to both implement and achieve such an, uh, an energy transition? Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's a great question. And, um, and I, I think there are a variety of things, but, you know, encouraging alternative low carbon energy sources is necessary, but just not sufficient. Um, innovation through investment, ESG strategy, and an EVA profile can help identify future winners. Uh, as part of the stock selection process and really beyond alternative energy. Um, investors as well will need to be creative um, and as well as pragmatic in making these decisions. There is, a, for instance, a need to support efforts to remove carbon through direct air carbon capture utilization and storage, otherwise known as CCUS. And who is best positioned? Who has the technology, the capital and the commitment to deliver? Um, you know, as we directly state in our report, for developing countries, there's a significant correlation between energy use and human development. Um, solar's life cycle uh, produces several times the carbon of wind, and this is mainly due to high energy intensity of the photovoltaic PV panel production. And removing the CO2 produced by an A350 crossing the Atlantic uh, could cost $20,000 or about $60 per passenger. So um, really some interesting uh, interesting findings that we've embedded in this year's uh, report. Indeed, and very useful to put things in perspective from, a, from an investor perspective. Uh, so very useful. M moving on, perhaps, uh, onto the R word, regulation, because everybody is talking about regulation these days, and we know that there yes. has been a, a global coordinated effort in recent years from policymakers and also from financial regulators to, to promote and improve ESG-related disclosures. Should investors expect some kind of a slowdown in 23, or, or do you expect further intensification of that trend? 
Yeah, yeah, I think another very important point, um, and I think what I would state here is that really evolving regulation uh, may lead to more comprehensive corporate ESG reporting. And as the metrics and information used in assessing a company's financial viability and ESG practices expand, um, the quality of sustainability reporting um, does not appear to be closely correlated with sustainability performance, although it is more closely correlated on governance issues than on environmental or social ones, which we find uh, a very interesting finding, again, um, within the context of our report. Um, because these positive incomes, uh, positive outcomes, excuse me, can take a long time, sustained investor engagement is is necessary. And, and that's one of the things we do want to underscore. So both regulation of engagement practices and voluntary measures such as stewardship codes have the potential to encourage um, and really accelerate such engagement. Um, the more policy, more compelling policy challenges ahead um, really are going to be about how will regulators define the limits um, to sustainability reporting. And uh, globally, uh, as we have seen um, over the last several years, policymakers and financial regulators have tried to keep pace with investor demands around social disclosures, or the S. And we expect that they will pick up um, on that regulatory pace in 2023. Uh, the TCFD is now expanding to the TNFD and soon the TSFD. So uh, just for those um, listening in on the podcast, um, many are already very familiar with the Task Force on Climate-Related Disclosure, but the TNFD is the Task Force on Nature-Related Financial Disclosure, and then the TSFD is the Task Force on Social-Related Financial Disclosure. So again, I think some really promising developments to that front. And as we state in our, um, in our paper, you know, the quality of sustainability reporting does not appear to be closely correlated necessarily to sustainability uh, performance. Um, but we have found you know, biodiversity, for example, is being further built into global sustainability standards, which we think is a very, um, again, a positive development. Indeed. And, and, and maybe back to your point on, on, on social, the, the TSFD and some of these new elements, putting things back into context three years after the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we can easily state that the world is still trying to adjust to some kind of a new normal, even if although such a new normal may require some uh, some adjustments, some regional applications. Based on, on ISSCSG research and, and also based on your personal experience, how is the pandemic affecting companies today, do you think? Yeah, excellent, um, excellent question. I think one of the key things um, that we have found is that um, what we see is, is really necessary is more data, right, needed to highlight companies and industries that are stepping up their programs and policies in these areas. Flexibility, for example, is one issue. Building and sustaining corporate culture is another. COVID-19, as, as you've highlighted, Jean-Charles, uh, has taken its toll on mental health and highlighted the importance of companies addressing employee needs in this area and providing mental health resources. So, you know, I, I think we're going to continue to see that. And, um, you know, again, and an increase in uh, corporate mental health management programs will have a hand in mitigating the potential mental health tsunami in a post-pandemic 2023. Yes, uh, and, and, I, and I understand that ISSESG is getting more and more active in trying to uh, collecting more data and information in that space. So that's definitely going to improve uh, the quality of corporate rating in that particular space. That's very useful. Absolutely. 
Maybe one, one point back to regulation, because it's, it's hard to avoid the topic and, and it's uh, having consequences on, on, on multi, multiple uh, aspects of our lives and uh, whether we are an investor or a company or, or just a, a normal uh, individual. Some sectors, as we know, have historically been more accustomed to significant levels of regulation than others. It's, it's a fact. However, s sectors like TMT and, and web-based businesses in particular are now getting, are now facing more and more, I would say, increased scrutiny from policymakers and financial regulators. In that context, what does it mean for investors? What should it mean for investors in 2023? Yeah, it's um, so, so a few things that we've really um, focused on, uh, you know, number one, growing regulation aimed at anti-competitive behavior will continue to shape the investment environment and landscape. Um, we also see that more regulation means more protection for customers, but also a possible decline in the profitability for companies. You know, a breakup of tech behemoths could unleash greater innovation. And, um, you know, if we, you know, for example, just look at the breakup of the U.S. telecom sector um, in the 80s. You know, so it, it is quite um, uh, quite possible to to see the, um, you know, circularity um, as, it, as it is associated there. And uh, we, again, uh, through our proprietary valuation tool, EVA, can help in evaluating the regulation's uh, likely impact. Um, beyond this, as our, as our paper really highlights, right, investors in the digital sector will encounter growing regulatory risks in 2023, and ESG analysis can really help investors navigate these, these growing risks. And, and I guess there is another... Um similar or parallel topic that we could touch on, which is the crypto space, because the collapse of FTX in 2022 has drawn significant attention back to the crypto space and to its underlying risks. So looking at that, looking at, it, at, at the level of regulation globally, what do you think are, first of all, the main ESG challenges that investors should consider when exploring opportunities in, uh, in the crypto space? And the th second question is a bit more drastic. Does crypto still have a future? Yeah. So, um, so a few things that I'd really like to touch on and highlight here. I think uh, cryptocurrency really has two major problems, right? Um, you know, number one, uh, the lack of regulation or resistance to regulation and high energy consumption. And so if we, if we really break these down, there are a few points, um, Jean-Charles, that I think are, are very important and are embedded in our report. Um, you know, regulation um, might include, you know, any of the following, the clear definition of the purpose and genuine business case, reasonable um, capital adequacy constraints uh, where the depositor assets are held, regular, regular reporting and transparency on key metrics, independent third party audits, uh, location and markets where financial regulations apply and disclosure of conflicts of interest. And from an energy consumption perspective, there, there is a you know, potential solution to crypto's significant energy demand, moving from the you know, proof of work algorithm to the proof of stake algorithm. So um, the, the proof of work or POW is an energy intensive system uh, currently used by Bitcoin, for example, that requires a majority of parties to reach consensus on the solution to complex mathematical calculations. In contrast, the uh, proof of stake algorithm, or POS, was developed to solve the problem of high electricity consumption. So, you know, again, these continue to be, um, you know, I think 
what we would consider hot topics surrounding um, the, the crypto market, you know, and just understanding some of the facts um, and challenges um, that, that they face, right? Annual global crypto asset electricity consumption is larger than that of Poland and almost as large as that of Thailand, a country of 70 million inhabitants. Those figures are staggering. And so, you know, our, our report really works to, um, you know, uh, further, um, you know, look to some key points surrounding that market and what potentially could happen. That's, that's fascinating indeed. These stats are, are incredible. Maybe now I, I would like to take a moment to talk about climate more specifically because, as we know, investors often hear about initiatives to make progress towards net zero, but the, the actual implementation is always very challenging and it's not easy to, to know how to behave and, and where to go. So how might investors approach this push for net zero, first of all, and, and what do they need? What do they need to be successful in their approach? Yeah, so so I think what they need, right, investors will need and will continue to need uh, more data and services related to net zero performance. And that's something that ISS ESG can absolutely provide. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, going to be very important as well, um, understanding how net zero will be interpreted and measured. Um, before making investment decisions, investors really should consider and be aware of the gap between net zero commitments versus net zero alignment. You know, of the, you know, 2,600 plus publicly traded companies, um, you know, worldwide from from high uh, GHG emission sectors, only 35% of them uh, claim a commitment to net zero targets at a broad level. And only 5% can actually be classified as aligning to a net zero target uh, within our analysis. So, again, some, some staggering statistics as we think about the journey to net zero, you know, uh, companies are continuing, um, you know, to follow the TCFD reporting standards and ma managing their disclosures uh, before officially signing up to the standards. And um, and so we will see, I think, you know, continued progress in this area, but investors will need to leverage net zero data. I think the biggest point here, Jean-Charles, is that net zero data um, will be important both with the engagement uh, with companies uh, where they may be falling short on alignment or on the lack of ambition uh, related to their stated targets. Indeed, indeed. And and maybe finally, the, there is another point which is which I found particularly uh, interesting, which was something that the report described: the relationship between the food industry and biodiversity. And maybe if you yes. could tell us a little bit more about this relationship, the actual impact that the food industry is having currently on biodiversity, because I found that quite shocking. And, and at the same time, what might be the implications for investors going forward? Yeah, completely. And, and so let me just start with a, um, a fascinating statistic from our report. You know, this sector uh, is responsible for 90% of global deforestation, largely due to the conversion of forest into cropland and livestock grazing. So that, that number in and of itself is really, um, I think, really telling in terms of the impact. Um, the food industry is currently, um, you know, having a negative impact on biodiversity uh, contributing to, and contributing to biodiversity loss. According to ISS ESG's Biodiversity Impact Investment Assessment Tool, 
food product companies are responsible for greater than 50% of the total negative impact on biodiversity as measured by potentially, um, you know, disappeared fraction or PDF of species. The topic ties into ISS ESG's recent paper uh, on the you know, COP15 Biodiversity Conference. Um, COP15 produced a framework that can guide investors as they incorporate biodiversity and other environmental concerns into their portfolio decision-making. Our bioimpact assessment to a biodiversity impact assessment tool can support investors in incorporating these environmental concerns. The tool leverages a bottom-up assessment of a company's business activities and supply chain to demonstrate the impact uh, of operations on biodiversity. Uh, we have also launched a regenerative agriculture research task force. Um, our thought leadership, ongoing contribution to really staying ahead of um, you know, key themes and trends in the marketplace is really critical. And we've assembled this research task force of research leaders across the globe to fill the existing gap on corporate research into more sustainable food and agriculture practices. I think, I think on behalf of everybody, we look forward to, to reading the results of this uh, regenerative agriculture research task force because it sounds, it sounds very, uh, very interesting. Bonnie, thank you very much for your time today. It was really a, really a pleasure to welcome you and to get your actionable insights on these multiple top ESG themes of 2023. Thank you. Thank you so much, John Charles, and uh, really look forward to um, uh, sharing more thought leadership with our institutional investor community. Thank you. Dear listeners, for more details on this episode and on the global edition of the report, please go to issgovernance.com forward slash ESG. Please note that regional editions of the report will be available later in the month, and they will be focusing on the Americas, EMEA, Asia, and Australia, New Zealand. That's it for now. Thank you for tuning in.